Welcome to House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. If you're ready to get your physical, emotional, and spiritual life in order, join us for the next hour as we meet some interesting people who will share stories of success and wisdom that you can apply to your own life. Now, here's Dr. Connie. Welcome, everybody, and thanks for listening in. Yes, the doctor is in, and we've got a fantastic show for you this afternoon. Let me start off with my honorable mentions. Let's see. Number one on my list is my minister, Reverend Richard Mirage at Unity Phoenix Spiritual Center, wishing him good wishes and a great week ahead. And I'm looking forward to his message on Sunday. And I hope he feels well. He's under the weather a little bit, but, you know, there's a little virus going around, but I'm sure he will be totally healed by Sunday. The other person I want to mention as honorable mention is a dear friend of mine, Sharon Perlman in Maryland. She was, believe it or not, presidential hygienist. In other words, she was a dental hygienist at the White House for three former presidents and the first family. So I don't know if we can use Deep Throat as her code name or (laughs) Deep Gum or anything like that, but incredible woman, nice friend of mine, and I just wish her well. I want to do a honorable mention to my friend Lillian in Fountain Hills. She sent me a really cute text this morning to wish me luck on this show, and it was a picture of a coffee cup. And on the coffee cup, it had the message, start each day with a grateful heart. So thanks, Lillian. That was such a sweet thing to do. I think uh, the other things I want to do is talk about some of the challenges that every time it Somebody asked me, like, for the shows, like, what do you do? How do you prepare? I say, well, I sort of have a theme in mind, but then the specifics, somehow God or spirit or somebody sends me people. And this morning I was talking to one of my friends, Marie, who lives in North Scottsdale. And we were talking about her husband, Jay, who passed away several months ago. And he was an incredibly brilliant guy. We really enjoyed knowing him and And we were talking about today, and today is All Souls Day, for those of you who are Christian and for us who are Catholic, I I grew up a Catholic, it's a very special day. And I know my parents and my parents' family would, on this day, go to the cemetery and visit the graves of of our dearly departed family members. And we talked about what the meaning of All Souls Day, and we honor the souls of those who have passed. And, you know, we all have souls, and how many of us really take time to take care of our soul, right? I mean, that's maybe that ought to be another show of how to take care of your soul, being good to your soul. But I think of this particular time of year about spirit or spirits. And as you know, we just had Halloween just pass and on Facebook and social media, everyone was sharing their costumes. My son and his wife, Erin, have these most adorable uh, grandchildren of mine, which, again, that's a whole nother show about squealing about grandchildren, the joy of grandchildren, but they're so creative. Aaron is is so creative. And their costumes this year, what was it? Andrew Stevens is here. He's my son. Tell us about your costumes. Hey, Dr. We went as the Flintstones. And so uh, myself and my my wife, Aaron, we were Fred and Wilma, and our our daughter, Addison, was Pebbles. (laughs) And then because, so Bam Bam is actually not the child of Fred and Wilma. (gasps) So we didn't have make our son be Bam Bam. Instead, he was Dino. He was their <laughs> you, he lovable dinosaur dog. So he Bam Bam was not their son on no, the Flintstones? He's, um, I didn't know he's that. Barney. He's B- Barney and uh, oh. Barney and Betty, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So 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 Alex was, he was Dino. D- he the, was Dino. Dino the dinosaur. Yeah. Okay. So all these very clever costumes, and I really think it's great because I think when Addison was a newborn, 
you did the didn't you do the bank robber thing for the oh, costume? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So we did we were bank robbers and Addison was the loot. So uh, <laughs> which is really good because sometimes here in Arizona it can get cold on Halloween, and so you want a costume that doubles as like a coat. Very and so very I was able clever. to put her in this little bag and, and choose priceless, uh, utterly priceless. So you know, so we have these fun things, but it's also a little scary. I mean, you could I have friends who who do the, the bloody garb and everything. And, and one of my friends, actually, who was on our show last week about beauticians and nail tech, Sandy Conklin, uh, she, you know, her house, I've seen pictures of is decorated, like very frightening. And her little grandson, you know, she sort of doesn't show him parts of that house. So it can evoke a lot of memories of scariness and ghosts and goblins and things that really scare us. So then I thought, well, let, let's talk about things that scare us. Let's talk about fear. So as I ponder the emotion of fear, it's a very strong emotion. Fear is extremely powerful emotion. And really, it, it's meant to save your life. I mean, if you're afraid of dinosaurs or running in front of a truck or things, it keeps you out of the way, right? It's meant to protect you. But if you let fear run your life, it'll kill you. It'll destroy your life. It'll paralyze you. And as a physician who sees patients uh, every workday, I see patients who discuss their fears of dying, cancer, uh, dying from cancer, heart disease, dementia, being disabled, fear of pain. And so we talk about it. And somebody, one of my patients came to mind, particular, particularly a patient of mine who was struggling with, she had a history of breast cancer and had radiation to both her, ch her chest area after she had her mastectomy 20 years ago and then had these very uh, almost damaging changes to her skin on her chest. And she thought, you know, she thought infectious disease doctors would help. Maybe it was a chronic infection, but they said, no, maybe not. And she really didn't know what it was. And when I first saw her, I, I was really worried because I thought, is this what a very rare condition called inflammatory disease of the breast? And that's a very uh, poor prognosis if that's the case. So I sent her to the good doctors at Mayo Clinic here in Scottsdale. They took a look at her. The dermatologist saw her and they felt like it was from radiation injury to the skin and not cancer. So after she had her work up there, she sent me this really sweet email and I, I'm just, I won't give you her name, but she wrote in her email, I'm amazed at how much my illness was a result of fear. The mind is incredibly persuasive. It certainly played into my physical state. I'm feeling better daily. This mind-body connection has never happened to me before. So truly, if, if you've got fear, it will run your life. And so I went online, which is what we do nowadays to research, right? And I was looking at all the interesting different types of fears that people report about. And I think not only the type of fear that's interesting, but I think the names are interesting. I, Andrew can help me if I can't pronounce these. But I'm going to start with the top 10 fears that they survey. The number, the number 10 fear is tripophobia. Tripopho it's a fear of holes. Have you ever, guys ever heard of the fear of holes? It's, it's, you don't want to step in a hole or fall into a hole. Pe some people get panic attacks. So... Uh, they're afraid of coral or sponges or holes in meat, isn't that? Or honeycomb. It's really interesting. Uh, another one, number nine, is I can understand this from patients, aerophobia, right? Aero is in, in, in air or sky. It's a fear of flying. And it's, it affects about 6.5% of the world's population. It's associated with fears, sometimes with agoraphobia, which is being unable to escape, or claustrophobia, which is fear of restricted spaces. And I remember... 
couple years ago when we were interviewing nurses at the White House, it was one of the nurses who was interviewing for the job of Air Force White House nurse, and we were chatting, and she said, well, will I fly on our Air Force One? I said, oh, yeah, that's part of the job. She goes, oh, my goodness, I don't know what I will do because I am terrified of flying. And I thought, oh, my gosh, because that, that will impact your career, definitely. And myself, as somebody who flies a lot, in fact, I was, fly, I was flying yesterday commercial, and then John and I have an airplane. He loves to fly. And I, I don't like turbulence, but I think I've overcome that because we fly a lot, and when I'm in the cockpit, I see that he's not worried, he's not afraid. So I said, okay, so I can get used to this, the joy of flying. But there's so many people uh, that I know, and I have patients who you have to give them a little Xanax, a little bit of Ativan just to relax them, or the ones who are, you know, they want to have something to drink to relax them. So that definitely is a fear that I see a lot of. Number eight, which comes to mind, I think of Michael Jackson, is mysophobia, the fear of germs. And I have patients who, who are always washing their hands, they're using Perel. They just, you know, oh my gosh, they're, you know, they're wiping everything off. And so that's a huge fear. And I tell my patients, well, obviously good hand washing, but then you cannot be, you know, if you think you've got a virus, don't be running for antibacterial because then you're going to select out resistant bacteria and not a virus because the antibiotics don't do anything. And nowadays, because we have resistant bacteria, if the more antibiotics you give somebody, you get methicillin-resistant staph aureus. I am seeing a rise in my practice among patients who constantly use antibiotics with C. difficile toxin, where you get this horrible toxin from a bacteria, the bad bacteria that overgrows in the gut. So definitely an outcome of the fear of germs are people who overdo antibiotics. Uh, commonly, claustrophobia, the fear of small places. I have people who refuse to go in an elevator. They don't want to be shut in. Uh, this is what I have. I have astrophobia, the fear of thunder and lightning. I am terrified of thunder and lightning. I do not like the sound of it. When I hear thunder and lightning, I told John, you know, if we have a dog, I would be taking the dog and hiding in my <laughs> dress closet. I do not want to be thunder and lightning. And when I was growing up, my parents were Filipino. They, whenever they were hit thunder and lightning, my mom would say, pray, pray. And they had this thing in the Philippines where they're from. They would say, you have to chant, Santos, 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 Dios. And it's like, what is that? It's like you're in, it's, you know, it's like Saint, Saint, God, Dios. And it's like a prayer. When they would hear the, the boom of thunder and see lightning, they would go, oh, Santos, 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 Dios. And we would, so my siblings and I were taught to do that. And I thought it was interesting, <laughs> but it's our way to do that. But Definitely, you know, I hear thunder and lightning. Stay out of it if you're, you know, golfers. They tell you how many people a year die in a golf course. If they're playing golf and, it, and they get struck by lightning. One of our guests uh, a few, a few uh, weeks ago, uh, actually one of our earlier guests, uh, her stepdaughter died of, uh, she was struck by lightning and which eventually led to her journey to uh, become a medium. That was uh, my friend Suzanne Giesman. So I can understand that. This fear, I don't quite understand because I love dogs, but it's called Sino, C-Y-N-O-phobia, the fear of dogs. And maybe they got bitten, uh, who knows, but, you know, and I always think of dogs as a comfort, comfort animal. So uh, agoraphobia, there are people who fear open spaces or crowded spaces, so it's anything with the space type of thing. Acrophobia, I have this too, the fear of heights. Uh, I don't like going up to the Grand Canyon looking down. They have that sort of that glass bridge. Uh, there's no way I would go to the edge of that. <laughs> Terrifies the heck out of me. This I, this I have too. I don't like them. It's the 
Ophidiophobia. It's the fear of snakes. Arizona, we have snakes. I know there's some good snakes. There's some cute snakes. I don't like snakes, okay? I don't want to get close enough to know that they're harmless. I stay away from them. There are people who love them. I'm sorry, I don't like snakes. Arachnophobia, that's the other thing I don't like. The fear of spiders, okay? Those creepy crawly, don't, don't like them at all. Um, they say that nearly 31% of these people, they're out there, uh, they suffer excessive fear. They live in the U.S. alone. So we have 31% of these people in the U.S. who are terrified of that. It's one of the common things. So lots of phobias. And, you know, sometimes you think, isn't that silly? But it's not. These are truly things that bug people, so to speak. And they're true fears. It limits their lives. They, they can't get a pet. You know, they freak out over spiders. And according to the National Institute of Mental Health, there are about approximately 18% of the U.S. population suffers from a persistent outsized fear to something that other people would consider ordinary. So it, it's a horrible thing that people suffer. Uh, there was a recent New York Times article right before Halloween written by Kate Murphy, and she talked about what to do, how to outsmart our primitive responses to fear. Like, what are you afraid of, right? And obviously we say there is a benefit to fear. It protects you from harm. But like anything else, that too much of that fear, it can hurt you just as much. And it really isn't necessarily that of physical harm. There's emotional fear. There's fear of rejection, fear of intimacy. There are people who fear success, uh, all those. So biologically, how does that work? Well, in the brain, we have the amygdala. It's an almond-shaped structure on each hemisphere. And that is where the seed of fear resides in the amygdala. And it's really the seed of anticipation. It primes you to react. Your pulse gets faster, your muscles tense, your pupils dilate. <clears throat> it gets you ready so you're going to jump out of the way of the, the dinosaur or react right away and get out of the way of danger. The problem is when that starts overreacting and you can't control it or tamp it down or manipulate what the amygdala is doing, you become a prisoner of amygdala. Now, what about you, Dr. Connie? What are you afraid of? We all have certain fears I talked about. You know, I don't like thunder and lightning. You know, I don't like snakes. Uh, I don't like, I fear being unprepared. One of those recurring themes when I was in school was waking up, going to school, not having your shoes on or forgetting your underwear, not getting your homework done. <laughs> uh, for many, many years, it was a fear of death, even though I grew up in a very religious Catholic family. And they said, my mother would say, pray about it. Uh, fear of the unknown, fear of the uncertain. Uh, you know, some of us become doctors because we're afraid of death and we want to find out more about it. Uh, and that's how we do it, we explore it, we're close to it, and we sort of say, I'm going to defy it by learning about it. But what about the fear of the future? And I think for a long time, I, I worried about that. What happens next? I mean, I, like a lot of my friends, are type A controlling. We like to organize our lives. We don't like surprises if they're not so good. We don't like being out of control. And I think it was really that fear of the uncertainty that led me to meet some really interesting people about 10 years ago. My, I call it my magical mystery tour uh, with my <laughs> friendly psychics, my astrologers, my mediums. And I laugh about that because my husband, who's very sensible, says, my goodness, what are you doing with these, these, these strange people? I mean, I thought you were a woman of science. And I said, well, maybe it's sort of an old science. You know, you, you read about back in the days of Julius Caesar, soothsayers, fortune tellers. And it really started about 10 years ago. My, my first psychic friend, her name's Judy Needle. She lives in Asheville, North Carolina. And she came to me through a friend of mine who is a banker. My banker friend, uh, who lives in Chicago now, we're having lunch at, uh, one day up in Carefree, and she was pondering about some business move she was going to make. She says, I think I'm going to call Judy, my psychic. 
And I looked at her, I said, excuse me, you, you're, you're what? You're what? And she said, I said, you're a banker, aren't you? You're very sensible. What are you doing that? She goes, oh no, you'd be surprised. This woman is incredible. So I, on a whim, I, I called Judy. I sent over some money. She did the most amazing reading blew me away. She predicted, uh, she says, I see you on runways. I'm thinking, what's the runway thing? I see you signing books. And that was before I had my book deal. All those things. So I said, wow. So I would talk to her occasionally and I would take notes and review that. And then ultimately through a friend, I met Marianne Dennison here in Scottsdale and she was my astrologer. She was my second opinion, so to speak. She was a very powerful force in timing <laughs> when, what time of year I got, we were, my husband and I were married. You have to make sure Venus, the planet Venus is direct and Mercury is not retrograde. I mean, all these different things. And all the, I mean, it's a different experience, right? And I have patients who whisper, you know, I know it's, this sound crazy. I've got a psycho or a medium astrologer. I said, I totally get it. I get it. Welcome to Arizona. Welcome to Sedona. We do that. So four years ago, as a birthday gift to me, one of my dear friends gave me the gift of a reading with the most incredible person who's in my studio today. We're going to take a little break. I will introduce you to Dr. Connie's personal psychic in about three minutes. So stay tuned. <music> Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the president of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families, Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment.
tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. I was talking a few minutes ago about my journey into this other world, which my husband says, "Bah, that's not really, you know, a woman of science type of study, but I call it my magical mystery tour. And I always believe I think they're messages from beyond, messages from above in a good way. And it was really about 10 years ago where a friend of mine started talking about a psychic friend and she did a reading, which blew me away. And then from there, I... I met different people who had incredible talent and sort of gave me, I think, words of encouragement, empowerment at a time in my life I needed to hear that. And I have today, I'm really fortunate, maybe she saw this happening when, when she did a reading, that she would be here today in studio. I have my personal friend who's known me for the last four years. We finally meet in person across the table instead of on the phone, Annette Bricka. So welcome today, Annette. Thank you. So a, a little bit about Annette. Uh, her background, you, you can read on, the, uh, on Facebook. As a child, Annette was able to see and talk to the spirits on the other side. She learned the art of trance reading through her grandmother. In this state, Annette is able to tap into universal consciousness. And for 35 years, she has been giving readings to thousands of people. Her clients, which she will not mention because she's, she's ethical about that. We, it's like talking about our patients, right? So we, we don't mention her clients. Her clients include celebrities, musicians, athletes, politicians, world leaders, billionaires, and the neighbor next door. She's chosen to use her gift to empower countless of individuals. She also provides pro bono assistance for local police, FBI, in the case of missing cases, of missing children cases. Uh, to contact her, I put it on our website as well as Facebook for personal reading. She does do that. You can email her directly to set up a personal reading. It's A as in Alpha, R as in Roger or Romeo, spirits, S-P-I-R-I-T-S, at AOL.com, or call her office at area code 201 Eight five seven zero two four zero. But welcome, Annette. I Thank let you. me ask you. Tell us what you do. So I believe that I help many people live their best life. So obviously, I do it because I help tap into the consciousness of the universe to give them a kind of a map of where they're going and where they've been. But I believe that when I tell everybody, the reason why somebody comes to me is to help feel empowered, to help them know that they're either on the right path or they should be on the right path. And I'm not necessarily helping you look for your lost diamond ring, even though I can do that. My, what I would like to do is have you live the best life you can every single moment of the day. So not 10 years from now when you meet the great guy and you, you know, graduate college, you have a dream job but along the way. How did you discover you had this gift? When I was a child, very young, six years old, I knew that I knew things that other people didn't know. My grandmother, who has the gift as well, but her mother had it profoundly in Poland. She Mm. let me know what it was and what I was experiencing. But, you know, at six, seven years old, that's not really something you're thrilled about. You you know, I was was scared. Yeah, it was extremely scary. And that's why she told me or taught me how to go into a trance so that I could shut it down. 
So I tell people all the time now, sometimes people say, well, you know, can you just tell me things about myself without going into a trance? I can, but I choose not to. I would rather, I would prefer not to go to CVS and know everything about the cashier. <laughs> I just want to, you know, buy my laundry detergent and so, get out of there. like when we go to dinner tonight, we're going to be at the restaurant. Let's say your server comes over and... Like when people interact, do you start yes. seeing things? Yes. You do? Yes. But like, let's say you see somebody and you see him like falling off a curb, bumping his head in an accident. Do you, do you ever say anything? Never. I never, ever, ever use my gift to oppose it on anybody else's free will. So mm-hmm. I believe that if you come to me or if you ask, then I will tell you. But I never, you know, sometimes you'll hear uh, somebody say, I was, you know, in Manhattan and some woman walked up to me and said, hey, such and such is going to happen to you. I never do that. I never tell anybody anything that they don't ask. Now, we, we don't do political stuff on the show, even though I'm the White House doctor. And, and one of the reasons I started this show is I got tired of all the negative, you know, Democrats versus Republicans, conservatives versus liberal. You know, I got sick of right. it. But I have to share that you're the only person I know of that for over a year predicted that Donald, President Donald Trump right. would become president. Right. And, and despite, everyone's like, there's no, I mean, we thought, no way, no right. way. And he kept saying, <laughs> yes. I kept saying. And it just comes to you. I mean, how accurate are you? Well, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I believe that I am, not only am I extremely accurate, but if I tell you something on Tuesday, July 21st, that something's going to happen, sometimes the knowledge or the information that I give you is not anything you want to hear. You're not open mm-hmm. to it. If I tell you you're going to get divorced, you can leave my office thinking she doesn't know what she's talking about. I love my husband and I'm committed to this relationship. I believe that that thought then allows you to try very hard to keep that relationship going forward. So mm-hmm. you might kind of alter your time frame as far as your free will a little bit based on your unwillingness to just let things flow. But ultimately, I believe that whatever I see will happen. So I believe that sometimes my time frame can be slightly off again because you might not want to hear what I have to say. But, you know, I tell people all the time, I don't advertise. I'm not on the Internet. I'm not on Facebook. i done this for my entire life full time and it's from all word of mouth Mm -hmm. so I believe that you know when somebody calls me sometimes they want a little preview a little sampler platter and they'll say tell me a little bit of something before I book the appointment (laughs) and I never do and I say listen you called me because so and so that you trust referred you and then we're going to go from there so you know what always amazes me in your readings when you when you mention certain people like in my life you're always right on it's like, well, you know, in terms of their personality, something they said, and you're like, holy cow. And I have, as a gift to my friends who are searching, I, I, I never force. I said, listen, I, I meant, you know, would you like to meet somebody who might help you? Because right. they're, they're sort of on the edge, and they're titillated, and they're like, ha. Ah. And that invariably, after they have a reading with you, I get a text, OMG. <laughs> you that makes me very happy. This. Yes. It's the OMG. How did she know how many people, the numbers, right. the, the, the names? Now, you know, there are different people, different gifts. What do clairvoyance versus psychics? Is there a difference? Well, I mean, there is. So I, I, it is funny. I was just on the way here with my friend explaining what I do. So I do a little bit of everything. When I do a reading, I can either see an image, I can hear a voice, somebody from the other side can come through. So I have lots of ways that I get the message across. Um, Sometimes if, uh, for example, the word ginger comes to me, I never see it as like the food ginger. I see ginger from Gilligan's Island. Mm -hmm. And my spirit guide always shows me things that will help me know what I'm talking about. So it could be a v- many different ways when I do a reading. So it's not one source necessarily. Now, tell us about your spiritual guide. 
Your spirit guide. So my spirit guide, when I was young, I would know things, and it was always a feeling that some entity was near me, kind of whispering to me. But that, you know, at six, seven years old, that freaks you out. That is not happy days. Mm -hmm. So I got very afraid from it, and my grandmother said, okay, name him. So I named him David. I realize now how profound the name David is, but Mm -hmm. back then I just thought I was seven. Yes, right. But I thought at seven years old, you know, he's David. So I created this relationship with David that I, again, not really getting the whole picture, that when you tell me something, Tell me what I'm supposed to do with that, because I would see people in my family pass away. Mm-hmm. And I was telling a friend of mine on the way here, I would people would come to my family home and they would be there on a Friday, let's say, I would see their face melting and I would know that they were going to pass. Oh, my God. And sure enough, they would pass that weekend. So when you see these things, it can be very scary. So I would say to David, my spirit guide, help me. Tell me only what I need to know for what I need to know at that moment. So now him and I have, when you, if you think of you know your best friend that after many mm-hmm. years you have a relationship with, him and I are so in sync that... I go when I do a reading I go into a trance and I do a meditation prior to the ring and I say to David and God do me a favor I don't know what this person's here for, but help me. Help me give me the information that I need to not only empower them, but also for them to see more than just what they're looking for. Because you don't want just a few pieces of information. You need to see into the future to know that you're on the right path. And he is remarkable. He tells me things that I could not possibly know. You know, I tell people all the time, I'm only a part-time doctor, (laughs) but... You know, people will come to me and they'll ask me questions not about their health. And I'll say, listen, I know that this is not necessarily what you're asking, but I see X, Y, and Z. And I can't tell you how often that it is absolutely correct and it has saved many people's lives. Has David ever not come through for you? Um, Yes. He didn't come through for a few things, but I believe it's not him. I believe it's the way I interpret the message. Mm. Because I don't think he's telling me incorrectly. I think I'm picking it up incorrectly. you're human. Right. Can you walk us through sort of like when I call, you know, let's say, hey, I, I feel like talking to a net. I need my Netflix. <laughs> and I'll email you and, and then I send you off a check. And then so we're And actually, she's reasonably priced compared to what I paid for. Uh, for some other psychics and astrologers who cost more than my attorney. Good grief. In fact, the first time you did that, I found out how much you charge, which is such a great deal. I said, why are you so cheap? And you said, listen, I, I not only want to help billionaires, I want to help everybody right, else right. who can afford it. For So what, what you pay for a nice meal out in Scottsdale, my gosh. But when I call and then you, you get in the mode, can you walk us through, the, the audience, what what to expect when they get a reading with you? Sure. So when somebody comes to me, so I do it one of two ways, either over the phone or in person. It makes no difference because, again, I don't need to be physically in the room to tap into your energy and to mm-hmm. tap into what I see. So I ask you just very basic questions, your your name, your age, where you live. Then I actually tell you there's going to be a period of about four minutes where during that time I'm going to be silent. I'm going to do a meditation and prayer. I'm going to hang out with my spirit guide. Then I'll be back with you and we'll just see what happens. Mm-hmm. I always ask the client if there's anything they don't want to know because you know some people are not prepared to hear things mm-hmm. but basically if they say no I'm open to everything and everybody always says they want to hear things even if they're not prepared then after the four minute meditation I, I get back with them and we just start talking and I tell people he told me he showed me he said he meaning my spirit guide mm-hmm. and it just it's it's like a book or a story that I see and very often I don't even know what it means and I'll tell my client I need you to confirm things as they go on so that I know I'm getting it right I don't need to know but you and my spirit I need to know that I'm hitting it and it's really it's always I'm always shocked I am always shocked when people call me back and say oh my gosh I met the guy and I say you did and they're like yeah you're my psychic <laughs> but do you ever remember like when they call back I mean a little 
bit. You, you know, I can remember the energy. I can remember that, you know, I talk to this person all the time. So I don't remember specifics. Um, but if they say, you told me you I was going to meet so-and-so, and I did, and I always, I want to hear the whole story because now it's just me. And I say, oh, what did I say? Because I tell people, you know she's the real deal because she will say things that you can't, Google. Right. Because, you know, people, well, what's that four-minute pause? Is she Googling me? I said, no. There are <laughs> things yeah. that she will tell you nobody right, knows. Right. Certain names, numbers. Uh, for example, when my husband's company was going public, nobody knew that. Right. You didn't know that. Right. But you knew that. Right. Right. And how do you, it's like nobody knows that. The right. secrets are there. So you're surprised by that. I mean, have you surprise yourself. I mean, I'm, al- I'm always surprised. You know, there's things in my own personal life. So I knew as a young child a series of events that would take place for myself. And so even though I knew it, you know, until it happens, I have to tell you, I have been blown away this weekend because there are a chain of events that are taking place that I have known about that even for myself that I am blown away, you know, it, because it is, it's really amazing. The gift that I have, I always say, you know, I I do this as a living, but it's not something I would have chosen. Um, it chose you. Yes, 100%. It chose you. Yeah. And I feel that not only can you be empowered by the information, but it always is shockingly surprising. Because I think for me, when I talk to you, I sort of have a gut feeling a certain thing's going to go a certain way and I don't worry. It puts me at ease, so I'm like more relaxed right. about it. It's like, okay, that's going to happen. I don't have to worry about that. Going to be taken care of, or there's a little surprise here, or whatever. And it's never, you know, nobody's ever 100%, you know, and it's always something that there's hope. It gives me hope. And I think one of the reasons I see people like as, as psychics and astrologers is like, it's that hopefulness. I, I commonly do something at the first of the year. I, I usually go I usually go to Sedona, the Enchantment Resort, and there's a lady who, would do, who used to do my tarot cards, and she'd do the reading of the moment. And it's so interesting because she'll do the theme for the year, and it's like right on. And the first year Don and I had gone up there, we picked like nine out of the same cards. I mean, it was just so in sync. So, But I think as people learn about you, there's a group of people who are a little hesitant to say, well, oh, it's the work of the devil. Oh, my gosh, you can't listen to them. What do you say about that? You know, I would say that, so I was raised Catholic. I always say now I'm recovering Catholic because I don't, based on my work, I don't necessarily believe one religion per se. I can just tell you that I I believe that what I do helps people. I'm not trying to change anyone's mind. I'm not trying to, you know, rewrite the Bible or say that I know more than anybody else. But I do believe that it's all hopefulness. Even if I tell people things that are not always what they want to hear or, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel that moment, I believe that it is for their higher good. I believe that, you know, the thousands of people that I've helped in my career, it's because they've lived really, helped them live the most remarkable life they can. So I don't believe that God is looking to do that through me in any other way, but for all my highest good. Um, and all the devil stuff, I just don't even talk about it. I don't believe, you know, I don't believe in it. So I don't yeah. believe in... It's a positive. Yeah, I believe it's all spirit. just great stuff. Yeah, because I've, I've seen people have spoken to and you've given him such hope and the things that happened are positive things people right. don't get hurt right i mean there are things that as you say empower them and relieve them of that fear and the dread is there what do commonly people want to know when everybody when wants to know their love life i swear i don't really? know what <laughs> 95 percent of everybody that's all they care about if they're married they don't like their spouse they want to know if they're going to meet somebody else if they're not married they want to know who they're going to meet if i tell them they're going to meet somebody they want to know not only everything about him but will i be happy i mean so it's 
lots of questions around love, but what I tell people all the time is I don't believe that we're here just to find a partner. I believe if we do, that's fabulous, but I believe we're here for our soul's perfection to learn, and that could be one aspect of it. But I believe that people use their romantic life almost differently than everything else. They almost believe it's a little fairy tale-ish. So you'll, if you need a job, you're going to go out and get you'll be educated, you'll do a great resume, you're going to knock it out of the park during an interview, and you're going to make sure you have the best job you can. But with romance, people are like, well, all right, if it happens, it happens. I, you know, I'm not going to really try. And I said, what the heck is wrong with you? You should, you, of course you should try. You should go get romance like you do a job. Yeah, yeah. So it always blows my mind, this kind of, you know, fairy tale mentality. And I just had a friend recently who said to me that he actually prayed and said to God, bring that person to my home. And I said... You didn't do any homework, huh? right? But he did, <laughs> right? But it happened. But but it's still it's insane because here's a really powerful person that knows in his life to do certain things. But again, in the area of romance, you think it's a little yeah. unicorn and mystic, Meant and we'll to see. Be yeah, if it's yeah, people don't yeah. do it. What message do you want the listeners to take away from about what you do and what psychics do? You know, I believe, so I, I always say, you know, sometimes people say, I, you know, I'm calling you today not because I have no idea why I felt compelled to do it. So I believe people call me when they have a need to know a little bit more. And I, I think that anytime you reach out to anybody and you can feel, like you said, hopeful and not hopeful at the end of your story when you're 90 years old, but along the way, because your life is about every single moment and living the best life you can. And it's not always unicorns and rainbows, but you can live a life of a hopeful spirit and I believe that by talking to me and being put on that path that that's what I can do that's which is more important than even predicting who you're going to marry do you see things happening for you in yes. one minute yes. you do yes and are you don't alter the course you but you do see it yeah, you know, I, I would say this to you. So in my own personal life, there there was, when I was young, there was a series of about 11 things, major things that I would see that would take place for me. And over the course, so I'm 50 now, over the course of my life, all of them but three have happened. Wow. And they haven't all been fabulous things. So yeah. while it's happening... So the three that I know are going to happen, I have a certainty about it. It gives me not only hope about it, but it also helps me stage my life. So I never wait for something to happen. I really do live my life with my best foot forward. But I do know certain things. For example, my daughter, who's 22, so she's psychic as well, but she's always dying for a reading. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like I don't want to put that on her. So she'll say to me, you know what, I don't need you. I'm going to go to some psychic in Manhattan. I paid her on the street for $5, and she told me X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And she's really fabulous. And I say, Emily, I, I told you the same thing, but I won't give her reading because I don't want to put those yeah. thoughts in her mind right, right. because I'm her mother. Um Let's let's pause. We're going to go to a quick break and then come back. We're going to hear some more from Annette Bricka, our my personal psychic. So stand by. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you ready to live younger, longer? Andrew and Aaron Stevens with Apply Everyday Health are partnered with a 100-year-old company to help you build health through natural approaches. Our scientists believe that the key to a healthy lifestyle lies within nature. By using ingredients proven to be safe and effective, our products provide nutrition guaranteed to change your life in a positive way. 
To find out how you can get the same top-of-the-line vitamins taken daily by Olympic athletes, astronauts, and the White House doctor herself, visit applyeveryday.com. Who's your doctor? When I was looking for a doctor, I thought, which person gets the best care of all and whose doctor's credentials are the most carefully reviewed? Well, the answer was obvious. Who looks after the President of the United States? My doctor is the doctor who is taking care of three presidents and their families. Dr. Connie Mariano. I've heard about her. She's board certified in internal medicine and has been practicing medicine for over 30 years. She was at the White House for over nine years and traveled everywhere with the president. Dr. Connie is available to me 24 hours a day, seven days a week by email, cell phone, or Skype. And when I see her in her private office in Scottsdale, she and her staff always treat me like I'm the president. I'm going to call her office now and join her practice. Dr. Connie Mariano, this is the doctor American presidents and their families have trusted with their lives, and I trust you with mine. For information about Dr. Connie Mariano's private practice, you need to visit drcmariano.com. Are you ready to tackle the rules of business? You may think you're doing everything by the book, following your own best practice beliefs, bringing in endless consultants, only to find that your business is not moving forward. That's where you need to stop and figure out where things are going wrong. Enter Business Rules with host Peter Feinstein. Peter and his guests will break it all down for you to help you and your business succeed. Listen Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. tuned in to House Calls with former White House physician, Dr. Connie Mariano. If you have a question or comment for our show today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drconnieradio at gmail.com. That's drconnieradio at gmail.com. Now, back to House Calls with Dr. Connie. You know, I could talk for hours with Annette Bricka. She's my, my personal psychic and the psychic to many, many, actually thousands of people out there. And Annette was sharing the fact that her own daughter, Emily, actually has some psychic abilities as well. But I think you were saying that sometimes she wants to do a reading for you. And, you know, one of the things I, I asked one of my astrologers are, do you, do you ever, like, see lottery numbers? And No, I, that I don't <laughs> do. You know, and I tell people also that I believe the reason why is because, again, this is not a, a profession that I chose. I believe that if I won the lottery, I wouldn't do this. <laughs> you know, you do I something would, else. Yeah, I would just spend the money. I would stop helping people. So, so, what, so what, what do you love the most about what you do? I really love to help people, but I love to help people and change their hopefulness. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think that I help put a uh, kind of a spring in someone's step because I really do live my life like that so it's not I don't just talk it I live it so when I see that somebody's down and out and that I then help them even before it actually comes true I think that that is that means more than anything to me I would never ever want to change my career because that also reminds me of the importance of every single moment of our life do you fear anything 
Yeah, I do. I do fear things. Yeah. I fear, um, you know, actually, I have to tell you, so I'm a medium as well. And mm-hmm. so there are many times that spirits come on the other side, and I'm afraid of the dark. And I'm not always thrilled when they show up. And actually, recently, I was telling a friend, and he's like, well, what are you talking about? You talk to the other side. I said, yeah, but I'm not always interested. You know, I'm, you know, so if I want to go get a glass of milk at 2 o'clock in the morning, and there's like a little kid next to me from oh, the other side, gosh. whoa, you know, that scares me. Wow. So, yeah. It's, you know. Do you do readings for, for yes. people as a medium yes. then? Yes. But you, know, you know what's interesting about that is so somebody will come to me and say, you know, I want to meet with somebody from the other side. I always tell, tell them a couple things. One, we don't know who's going to show up. So if you're trying to meet your great grandmother, you know, she may or may not come. Maybe Elvis Presley or it might be your old boss that you didn't care for. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> and also what I don't know what they're going to say, but what I can tell you, they're going to tell me something very specific that I could not possibly know. That in itself is the message. So everyone says, oh, great. Okay, let's do it. We do it. Their great-grandmother comes through, let's say, and describes exactly the kitchen they grew up with, you know, orange striped wallpaper that I could not possibly know with a picture of a, you know, horse drawn with a marker. And I give them the message, and in the moment, they're like, that's amazing, thank you. And then two seconds later, they're like, okay, does she have anything else to say? (laughs) And I'm like, no, that's, you know, so... End of transmission. Right, exactly. So I think that... Again, we're so happy that we're connecting with the other side, but they lose really the magnitude of what just happened. You know, they lose it within seconds. So I always say, let's focus on today. Let's focus on your life, not on your past lives or somebody who passed over. Let's focus on this life. And it really is about this life. I mean, I'm blessed to know psychics and mediums, but my job as a doctor is to keep you on this side of the curtain. Exactly, exactly. But I want to, you know, we could do this for hours, but I want to thank you for being here today. I'm going to encourage my listeners to really consider tapping into you and contacting you on our website at arspirits at aol.com if they're interested in a reading because I think you have a tremendous gift and with that gift comes a responsibility you know you don't take it lightly you take it it's your profession right it's a gift that you can't like get away from it and say okay I'm on holiday because you're always tuning in but correct thank you for the for the gift of your vision that you've seen to to actually give me hope and get rid of my fears about what's going on. You always give me hope and encouragement. It's like, thank you. okay, don't be afraid. Be, be good about it. So thank you. You know, I think of what, what President Roosevelt once said, and he, this is a quote people use from his first inaugural ad- address. It's the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And, and a lot of us, we live in fear and, and, and anxiety. And, and, and it's that consciously activating our, our brain systems that we're always on on call for something, the next bad thing to happen. You know, something happened in New York this week with a guy mowing down those people on the bike path. And it's that ongoing 24-7. So it keeps us from living in the now and living what, what we have right now. So how do we overcome that? that stress, the fear, and, you know, the amygdala that's driving that fear. And a a lot of it is, you know, what do you do with fear? You realize it, that you admit that you're uneasy, you're afraid, and how do you conquer it? And there are examples of people who, there's one guy they they cite in the literature who is an acrobatic pilot. For 40 years, he does these amazing acrobatic feats, and his biggest fear is crashing his plane. And so what it does is it makes you prepare. You're super cautious cautious about it. You do all the preparations because you don't want that to happen. You know, doctors' fears are that they'd ever kill a patient. Well, you know, all our patients ultimately die, unfortunately, but you do everything possible to prevent that from happening or you don't want to, to, for them to suffer. And so that's part of it is, is how do you deal with the fear is you admit, number one, I've got a fear of whatever. And then you say, well, how can I overcome it? And I think for people, uh, my husband would say to people who are afraid of flying, he says, well, 
Go sit in the cockpit of somebody's private plane if you can do that, or go to an airport and watch a bunch of planes take off and look at the numbers. They said it's your your chances of dying in a plane crash are much lower, you know, are much lower than somebody dying in a car accident. Right, it's so look, slim. Right, it's so slim. So, so and then the more you try to suppress the fear, you either either ignoring it or doing something else, the more you actually experience it, you know, and the and the fear of dying. You know, I looked at that, and you know, I think you know, trying to imagine death and not being part of it. I think the more I've talked to people who have had near-death experiences and talking to my medium friends, it's not so bad out there. It's like, okay, taken care of, we'll be okay. And I remember one time I, I did a house call on one of my patients about 12 years ago who was who's very ill. It was Christmas time. His wife was Catholic. He had never gone to church. And, and he was sort of a miserable old billionaire guy, and I went to go visit him at his house. And I brought him some ice cream, and he was trying to be really nice. And we're sitting in his kitchen. And I, he says, I'm just, I just don't want to die. I mean, I had a great life. I worked really hard. I, 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 you know, I had no money growing up, and I made my, I was a self-made billionaire and all this. And he says, well, what do I do about dying? I mean, give me some, you know, what do I do? And I some looked tips, right? some tips, <laughs> yeah. and I looked up above him, and there was a sign. There was a cross on, on the wall in this kitchen. I said, you know, the God that got you through your life of poverty to get you to where you are as a CEO of a company, be a billionaire, is the same God who's going to help you into the next life. Right. So that God's not going to let you down. So you let let it go, okay? It's taken care of. And part of it is surrendering. It's taken care of. And then don't worry about that because if you do that, you're already dying. So Correct. live, you know, embrace the now, embrace the love. And for, for people who really struggle with fear and really need help, I say get some therapy. Talk to a therapist, talk to your friends, find a therapist who does that work. Because there are therapists who will help you manage your fear so that you're not incapacitated by holes or, or cracks in the wall or things, and, and to help you tone down the amygdala. There are other ways, you know, that you can work on that in addition to working on the now. They have emotional freedom techniques that where you're tapping on meridians, where you're reciting that. They have uh, something called the Sedona method that they worry uh, they, the therapist will walk you through. Hypnosis, people will work, go to hypnotists and help their mind with that. I always believe in gratitude is a great medicine. I do too. You know, I, be I grateful. Well. Be grateful for your life. Switch over to all the things for which you're grateful. Hey, we didn't die today. You right. know, we didn't get, you know, this didn't happen today. I didn't see a snake today. You journal it, write about it, talk about it, get a life coach to talk to you. You know, diet's important. Sometimes if uh, you are eating the wrong foods, you know, people too much alcohol, all the sugars and the sweeteners, it ramps you up. You're more terrified, more, more fidgety. You know, you're, you're more in your fears. Definitely being positive, having the perspective. And I always think prayer is important. You're going to pray for help. You're going to pray for guidance. And hopefully with all those things in mind, It'll help your fear to accept it and, and to guide you away from fear and to courage. Because once you succumb to fear, you really don't live. You become a prisoner of it. And there's so many great things in your life ahead that you can conquer that fear and get some help. So with that, I'm going to end today's show. I want to thank Annette for thank you being so my guest. Much. And, and for all of you out there, if you're struggling with fear that's paralyzing, obviously acknowledge the fear, admit it, get some help for it, and realize that there's more beyond the fear that allow you to live a fulfilling and a grateful, beautiful life. So God bless you all. Thank you again for joining us this week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. We'll be back next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Have a terrific week. 